Hello and welcome to the Feminine Subconscious Podcast with Dr. Taryn Bhatia and Paige Clark. Here we dive into all things about the subconscious mind, the feminine brain, and hypnosis so you can master your mind to master your life, step into your divine feminine so you can have more joy and success, and you can spiral up rather than down into the life that you love. Hello, thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to introduce ourselves. This is our first podcast and we are so excited about what we have for you and the people that we're bringing on to really share what we know and the people within our circle of influence know about the feminine subconscious and understanding how our brains work and what we have within our control to shift our minds um, has stuff. So we are so excited about sharing it with you. I am Paige Harris-Clark, and I am a mother of three preteens and teens, and I live in Utah, and I have a finance degree, but I um, have always been into yoga and hypnosis and... um, tapping and those kind of things. I taught natural birth and hypnosis for birth for eight years. And then I went into the coaching industry and um, did a lot of kind of this, the conscious work. And then I realized that the subconscious is what's ruling, you know, 80 to 95% of what we're do, say, think, believe. And so um, that's when I decided to become a hypnotherapist and added that to my coaching practice. So I do retreats and one-on-one coaching and group coaching and classes and stuff, as well as helping other people put on their retreats. So that's my coaching business. And I am just so thrilled to be working with Taryn. She is one of my dearest friends, um, a mentor, a friend, a coach, and um, just someone that I look up to in so many ways. She is the most powerful woman I know in business and um, success in, in her realm. And I am just honored to, to be able to do this with her. So Taryn, um, how about you take it over and share about yourself a little bit? Oh, thank you for that introduction, Paige. I'm really floored. <laughs> um, let's tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Taryn Bhatia. I'm a dentist that works with children and learning orthodontics. And I've been doing that for about 20 years. Before becoming a dentist, I was always interested in psychology and the brain. But what I didn't like was there was so much about medications. Becoming a psychiatrist meant having to give people meds. Um, So I kind of steered away from that and became a dentist. And what I found is I, I was very good with working with children. And over the years, I would work with children with ADHD, with autism, and behavioral issues, and just overall anxiety. I also started having patients that were adults with anxiety. So that's where I started going into hypnotherapy. And I also went into hypnotherapy for myself. I had sessions done on some of the past situations I had in failed relationships that It was a compounding over the years, and it was stopping me from having good relationships, having good intimacy with friends, with, um, you know, partners, potential partners, and my children. Um, So I just became passionate about this work, and I also have been 
doing some of Joe Dispenza's work, reading his books. And I went to his seminar where we meditate sometimes six hours in a day. And it started making me think about how much control do we have on our brain? Can we change it? And you and I started talking about it. And we're just so passionate about it. And we're passionate about helping women. I became, um, you know, seven figures in my dental business. And I started coaching dentists. And what I found my passion was, was not really necessarily about the dentistry, but it was the psychology around achievement. How do we get fulfilled? How do we achieve and grow? Not just in our mind in terms of like our career, but how do we grow in our relationships as well? I found that I was so career driven that my relationships around me were just failing. My marriage failed. My relationship with my children failed. I'm like in a custody thing with my my sons with their father after eight years of divorce. So all of this started making me think about achievement, about um, our subconscious mind and our patterns and how we sabotage some of our relationships. Oh my goodness. That's so true. The, the patterns of the subconscious. I often say, people say, well, like, when do you need, when do you choose hypnosis rather than other types of counseling or therapy? And I often say, if you've been studying, reading books, looking for answers, going to all sorts of talk therapy, and you still are dealing with the same issues, then it's a subconscious issue. And Mm -hmm. there are basically three ways to change the subconscious. One is through repetition. Joe Dispenza, Mm -hmm. um, who you mentioned, talks about this a lot. We can rewire the brain by repeating Mm -hmm. things at least every eight hours. And that's why affirmations and all of that stuff that we're going to dive into actually really work if you do them consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. Negative affirmations or um, negative repetitive Mm -hmm. um, statements also affect our brain and can rewire us that way as well. Um, The other way is through a really traumatic or emotionally heightened experience you can rewire the brain really quick. And the other way is hypnosis. And so we just go in and directly address what's going on. And um, within six sessions, they have like a 93% recovery rate with hypnosis. It's just unbelievable. So yeah, we're both really passionate about that. (laughs) And um, we're going to just have so much fun diving into all of this. One of the things we, we, you and I were talking about was weight loss. And we're coming up into the holidays here. And I would love to like have you do some sessions, maybe start them on me. Like I have about 30 pounds that I need to uh, lose. And it would be also interesting to like, I can start with myself through the holidays and we can measure it and let people know about my progress. Um, That's so fun. That would be fun as well. Yeah. And and then we can do, mm -hmm. we could probably do a few, like a series on, weight loss. We also want to talk about um, self-esteem and Mm -hmm. like there's one, one episode we want to do around skinny thinking, you know, like how do we, how do we think skinny and how do we use our mind as a tool so that we get the outcome that we want. And it really is just a tool that we get to, we get to use in this experience that we're, we're creating. Like I'm such a believer that we're, we're the creator of our um, reality, you know? So. Yeah. Maybe ha- we also have someone who's going to come on 
um, our talk who talks about the brain um, and and studies diseases and the brain. Yeah, and Alzheimer's is such a huge one for the feminine subconscious. Like mm -hmm. the women have such a higher rate of of Alzheimer's and. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I took, I took care of a lady in college who had Alzheimer's and she was just so delightful, but it was fascinating because she had never sworn a day in her life, but she had such a potty mouth. Like when she was, <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, you, you lose the filter, you know, like who you really are and what was under there really comes out. And, and she was so delightful and sweet and, and just, um, so grateful for, She'd go on the balcony. Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing, beautiful sunset I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was because wow. she didn't remember ever seeing a sunset before that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so and that I think, kind of thing, like it's a really fascinating yeah. disease, but we, I would love to dive into that and um, learn more because it runs in my family and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it does. I think it has a lot to do with not wanting to remember certain things. And if we'll actually mm. stop, pushing things under the rug and start like addressing things and and doing our work then mm -hmm. we can avoid so much suffering and know? the people that take care of um those that have alzheimer's i noticed that you talked about the gratitude that she had that energy really take care of her well i have a friend who's you know family member had alzheimer's and because of the forgetfulness there was so much frustration and rage and anger actually that came yeah. from not remembering and knowing that there's something wrong, but you can't recall information. So the people that are taking care of the person, like, and she was taking care of her father. So for women, that's also another issue that comes on is taking care of these people that have issues with their brain, um, you know, yeah. with aging parents, aging oh. mothers. I think that's a huge point. Um, is, you know, when we're addressing the feminine subconscious, we can address also what is going on for caretakers in the subconscious mm -hmm. mind and um, how this kind of relates to women uh, because mm -hmm. we are usually the primary caretakers for aging parents and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So um, just being a caretaker in general, even as a mother, you know, and mm -hmm. a mother in this age and, and I know as a mother, um, when I was growing up, I was always told, what do you want to be? And mm -hmm. I was preparing for my career. And I love how you were so interested in psychology and you chose dentistry. I was majored in psychology when I went to college and then I went into business, but I just like, there's just always been this fascination about it, but I wanted to go into the workforce and then I, um, got married and then I had kids and then all of a yeah. sudden I was a, a stay at home mom. And I was, I felt really trapped and stuck mm -hmm. and, um, and kind of like it kind of, I don't know. It just kind of kept caught me off guard. And, yeah. and I think that happens with taking care of aging parents too. Like mm -hmm. it's something that we just don't actually, it's almost like, um, we're subconsciously pushing it out of our mind so that we don't have to face it or think about it. And we're on kind of one track, but it's inevitable that we're going to, um, our parents are going to age or okay. um, most women will have children like, and, and planning for that or, or 
being really deliberate about how we want to show up in each area of our life. So we're proud of how we're showing up and we're like in choice mm-hmm. is huge. You know, and there's, and there's so much um, guilt around like women need to take care of their children. Women need to take care of aging parents and their in-laws. There's just so much of this burden and guilt and shame put on women that want to put their career first. They want to put themselves first. And one of the things I'm teaching my daughter is I want you to be selfish right now. She's 13. I want you to focus on yourself and what your dreams are and your passions are. And at some point when, you know, you're older, maybe in your 20s, you start thinking about what kind of relationship you want. But it has to be a teamwork. It's not going to be you're marrying someone to take care of them, take care of, you know, the family all by yourself without some teamwork. We're coming into a different era here where women are now demanding that they get paid equally or they're going to start their own businesses and rock it that way. Um, And they're letting go. Women are letting go of that shame and guilt of not having children or not getting married on time uh, or not. Or even sometimes parents or aging parents are put in nursing homes. And it sounds terrible. But at what point do we sacrifice our dreams and our careers um, because we're women? Like that's supposed to be what we do. Yeah. And um, I'd love to (laughs) kind of dive into that of like how much... Mm do we um, kind of own our power and also how much can we allow ourselves to step into our feminine and to our queen and to our mothering mother aspect of the feminine that, Mm -hmm. that is the caregiver. Like that is an aspect of the feminine. That's really, really beautiful. But how do we stay in balance with our, our temptress queen and, and, and mother or in, these archetypes or just in these elements of who we are as feminine goddesses, right? As these, as these, like, how can we be powerful, but also tender? And how can we, Mm -hmm. how can we find this place where we draw in what we want and allow things to be given to us and provided for us and also powerfully create, right? So um, like this, these are topics that are just so fun to dive into. Yeah, I love that you touched on that because there's this Amazon woman that's like that female warrior goddess. And then we have this woman, women that are the intellectual woman. And then we have that feminine queen. And then we have that seductress woman. And you look at Wonder Woman and it's almost like she has all of that, right? She's the warrior. She's intelligent. She's a queen. She knows what she wants. And she's gorgeous and seductress. Uh, maybe we can embody all those things. And also there are women that they want to be leaders, you know, they, in their personal relationships, maybe they want that tenderness. They want to be tender with their spouse, but out there in the world, they want to be those strong, powerful leaders. And how do you balance that? Yeah. And I like how, like, I think you're pointing out also, we have different realms. Mm -hmm. Like we have our marriage and our, our partnership where we can, we can go into temptress a lot more than at work where we are <laughs> a lot more queen or warrior and with our children, like mothering and, and even 
this, um, like the self-sacrifice and the service and, Mm -hmm. and also with our partners, a lot of times, like they, the men want to be taken care of to a certain extent. And Mm. for us to do, it doesn't mean that we're demeaning ourselves for us to actually take care of our parents. Isn't that we're not being powerful, but it's, it's being intentional and knowing what place we're coming from and how we're finding balance in different areas and, and where Mm -hmm. we're saying yes to ourselves, because then this is one of the biggest things about this podcast, I hope, is empowering women to be more of you. Mm-hmm. Like we want you to be more of who you are and why you're put on this planet, because yeah. the more you are of that and more everyone is doing that on the planet, the better the world is. And mm-hmm. it looks maybe selfish for me to do what like lights up my soul sometimes, mm-hmm. but like, what's better for me to do? It's what, like talking about this stuff lights my yeah. soul up. That's why we're talking <laughs> about it. But for me to do a podcast about politics would be a complete energy <laughs> suck. You know, it doesn't matter how much the world needs that. I'm not the one to provide it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you said this thing about being taken care of and that men, you know, they like to be taken care of. And I think men and women both like to be taken care of. And it's a different equation for each couple. I know couples where the men are like, I will not let my wife in the kitchen. She cannot cook. Right. You know, and I know women who they want to be taken care of and provided for um, in, in different ways. So I think there's, there's an equation here and it's, there's probably more similarities between men and women than there are differences. At the end of the day, we all want to have a nurturing relationship that we can be our best selves in, someone who helps us grow and nurtures us. And I think it's both. So I don't think just men need to be taken care of. I, I do think women want to be taken care of too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think like the woman wants to feel safe and provided mm-hmm. for and protected. Yeah. Yeah. And the man wants to be nurtured. Like there's mm-hmm. a, there's a little bit of a, and women want to be nurtured and men maybe want mm-hmm. to be um, protected in different, like it's, yeah. it, it is distinct, I think in generalities. And of course there's mm-hmm. always the masculine feminine balance of each human being. Yes. But um, when I think of a man wanting to be protected, he wants his, um, his, uh, what's the word? It's um, like his name and his reputation and his mm. uh, like h- who he is in the world to be protected. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I believe that's true. Alison Armstrong touches on that. It's very important that his reputation is honored. Yeah. It's almost it's like his lineage, problem. his kingdom, you know, that he's creating. Yeah. Be honored. Yeah, I do remember one time in my relationship when I was married, I did say something in in my workplace where he was working with me. And it was about a party, a Christmas party and how he showed up and I I was making fun of him. And I remember it was just so emasculating at that moment. I didn't know. I just didn't know. And he just responded. And I when we got home, it lasted for several days. And I didn't know how much I injured that part. Yeah, and I'm older now. I'm wiser. I know to nurture, you know, a man's reputation now in public, but I didn't know how much I emasculated him. Um, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard line and it takes a man who can communicate as well and can be a little bit on his feminine and say, 
you know, this caused me to have this emotional response. I prefer you don't do that. Yeah. Rather than lead with anger. And I think that's the key in relationships is communication. And that's the challenge. Uh, It's a skill set to learn. The work that uh, you and I have done in Landmark and some of the other self-development courses around communication. That's also uh, subconscious. We use a vernacular about with our, you know, relationships with our husbands that come from our upbringing and they're in our subconscious and the language we use comes from our culture. I was raised in America, but I'm Indian. So it's a totally different context that I come from. And then if you marry somebody who's totally Indian, it's just so much difference in expectation and it's all the upbringing. He would have a subconscious that women have to do this. They have to serve men. They have to be in the kitchen. I would have this context, this American context that men and women are in the kitchen together. We clean together. We work together if, you know, you choose. But we support each other's careers and we work as a team in the home. It's a different culture, but it's in the subconscious. And until we can bring the subconscious to our conscious, it's very hard to relate to another human being and create workability. Yeah, what's fascinating about the subconscious is um, someone could, you know, you could marry someone that has a deep, like long history of, you know, know, women are in the kitchen and take care of the kids and that's his expectation. And he may have grown up in um, America and he knows that expectation Mm -hmm. is not actually okay. And so he's, he goes in and and goes into a relationship and he's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like we'll, we'll share all of it. And then he starts to have this like subconscious mm. resentment. Yes. Like he goes in and he doesn't even realize, but he's like pissed every time he has to do the dishes. Yeah. And like that kind of thing is so fascinating yes. to me because it's like, you don't even know, like in his, in his conscious mind, he's going, yeah, that's fine. But in his subconscious, it's going, like this sabotage is doomed because you're not doing it the right way. And the right way is that, you know, the woman cooks all the time and that you're doing this means that you're not a man or whatever <laughs> it is. And this is just like a tiny example of it, but oh my goodness, we could talk about like relationships forever, <laughs> Taryn and I. So we're definitely going to dive into all of this in yeah. a, a lot of the sessions because it's so fundamental to <laughs> happiness, I think, is having a having a relationship that works, you know? Yeah. And relationship with ourself, right? So yeah. we'll dive into that. I I have a, um, a teen course coming up in January and I'm so excited about it. And I really mm-hmm. look forward to diving into the female teenage brain. And you mentioned how your daughter, you were saying, I want you to be selfish right now. And I think that's a really good point. And I I noticed when my daughter was turning at about 11 or 12 and she started to be so self-centered. It was just unbelievable to me. Like, Mm -hmm. are you kidding? And so I was talking to my coach and she was saying, yeah, but what other time, Mm -hmm. what other time can you be like in the, in a hundred or 200 years ago, she was pregnant by the time she was 15 or 16. Right. Yeah. So like for a lot of the history of the planet, when you basically have 11, 12 and 13 to be incredibly selfish. And then after that, I want to say one thing. My grandmother got married at 12 and started having children at 13. So my own grandmother being selfish. Yes. You know? Yeah. My own grandmother. 
we are probably mm-hmm. shamed even for those years for being selfish, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're saying like, yeah, be selfish right now. Like figure yeah. out what you want and be self-absorbed. And and when our kids act self-absorbed when they're teenagers, mm-hmm. like go, wow, great. I raised a kid that has a brain that works at like age appropriate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's been really helpful for me because it's easy mm-hmm. to go into, oh my gosh, like you are so wrong for being so self-absorbed. And I tell her that also to have the boundaries and to be very like mutually respectful and kind to others. So it's not take away from others, but it's, it's like, you know what? These are my dreams. Like, yes, I'm going to help you fulfill it. She plays guitar, electric guitar. She loves Joan Jett. I took her to a concert. Like that's the indulgence I'm talking about. Not being selfish and hurting others and taking from them, but like you love Joan Jett. You want to be a rocker. You, now she plays the drums. She loves Nirvana, like really indulging her passions and loves in life. And mm. she's on swim team. And we talk about, man, wouldn't that be exciting to be a competitive swimmer? And then getting her coaches around that. Um, just like finding out what, she, what lightens her spirit and brightens her soul and encouraging it at a high level. That's what I mean by being self-centered and selfish. Yeah. It's just not, um, it's, it's really getting into what, what do I want and who am I? And that's mm-hmm. a lot of what the course is that we're doing is like yeah. just helping teens get clear on who they are and what they want. And, and, and that it's, it's not about what everyone else wants for you or everyone else thinks you should be, you know, it's, it's getting clear on on how you want to show up in the world. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and taking the time to really discover that. So no, I mean, when we look, when we talk about selfishness or self-indulgence, it has the connotation of unkind or being Mm -hmm. mean or something like that. And that's not what we're encouraging. It's always to be kind. And, um, and like, there's, there's respect that always has to be given. Mm -hmm. But there's, and, a, there's a science to achievement. And that is, that's for me, that's what I do with my clients. There is, there are habits and practices and structure around achievement. And it comes from the subconscious, a lot of it. And you start early with children, but there's, you're never, it's never too late. I had a restart after my divorce. I was almost bankrupted and I came back to seven figures. The brain will give you back what you think you deserve. Like Keith Cunningham said he lost a hundred million dollars in the 2008 with his real estate, hundred million dollars. He said within five to seven years, he got it all back. Plus some, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. He teaches others, but it's that subconscious that draws in what you think you deserve. So if you think you deserve a powerful relationship, you will get it. If you think you deserve money, I was like, I am going to get this money back. I got it back. And I opened up three more dental offices. Anybody can do this. There's nothing special like about me. I just, I was given a drive when I was young, ambition by my parents. Um, but around relationships, I didn't focus on. So those, those failed. <laughs> I didn't think I deserved maybe an amazing relationship. And I'm a single mother of three now. And you're a single mother also of three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating that like why we create the reality that we're in. Yes. You know? 
and being in radical responsibility and saying like, I created this. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the uh, great questions to ask when, when you get triggered or when something happens, that's really hard is Mm -hmm. to just ask like, Oh, okay. Like, how did I create this? Or um, I like to ask, okay, what's the gift? What's the invitation? Because I'm, I'm, the world's conspiring for my good, you know? And so if this is what is um, to benefit me, then what is the gift? What's the invitation? How can I learn from this? But, but yeah, one of the things is this, this radical responsibility of going, okay, like Mm -hmm. this is what's happened because of what my subconscious believes about myself. Yeah. And so being willing to do the work and dive in and, you know, um, access that subconscious and then recreate from there. So you can have a better experience if you want a different experience, you know? Well, your mindset is the world's conspiring to help me. Yeah. But actually the world is a representation of your inner world. You have the belief system of positive mindset, but if someone has the mindset, the world is out to harm me and the world is difficult that's what shows up in, in that's that their life, right? That's their reality. So the world is just a representation of your inner world. Exactly. And yeah. that's what you've created. You've created gratitude. You've created the world is there to conspire to help me. And you created that mindset. So that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's Very true. true. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Okay. I hope you're excited about all of this stuff that we're going to continue to dive into. <laughs> Um, just really happy to have you here with us. Um, Taryn and I are so excited about the lineup of amazing guest speakers and the topics and um, all the information that we have to share with you. So please like, subscribe, share, and um, we look forward to having you join us for our next podcast to come. Awesome. Yes, please join us. We're so excited about this. And if there's anybody that wants to be a guest, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, for sure. We're still looking for, for more um, people that are obsessed with the feminine subconscious, the power yes. of the mind, and um, all things to help you to spiral up rather than down into a life that you love. Beautiful. We'll see you next time. Bye.